on this, our 100th episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about the well-forming misconditions of an achievable outcome. This comes from the world of NLP, and it's four or five or six. I'm going to teach you multiple different ways, but at least four well-formedness filters that you can put a goal through in order to say it's a well-formed outcome. You are listening to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, a show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart, where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level, while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams. So sit back and relax, or sit up and get excited. Either way, you might want to pay attention. This could be important. Hey there, this is Doug O'Brien. Welcome back to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. I'm very excited about today's podcast because this is the last podcast I'll be doing like this. In other words, um, just me talking to uh, invisible group of people. That's not right. It's the last one that will be released only on audio. That is actually specifically correct. Um, in the future, I'll still be talking to an invisible audience because I'm not going anywhere, I'm staying right here. But um, but you'll be able to see me. In the future, you know, the, the, the podcast will be released in audio format, definitely, and also on YouTube. Hopefully it will be a Interesting. I don't know why anybody would want to watch me talking, but hey, you know, whatever. So, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And so that's happening uh, starting next week where people will be able to see the conversationalists in person, even if it's just me talking. But for right now, it's just my voice that you'll be hearing. And then other sounds, birds singing and whatever. Um, and I'd like to talk to you today about a, a subject that I, I alluded to in my last conversation or last podcast that I did, if I recall correctly. It was either the last one or the one before that. I, I talked briefly, mentioned briefly something called the well-formed misconditions or well-formed misconditions of NLP. And I alluded to them in a conversation. I think I just tossed them off offhand. And, and I thought about it later. Not enough to go back and look up to see which podcast it was. Obviously, sorry about that. But um, I thought about it later. Thought you know, I I didn't do it uh, justice because well-formedness conditions are are very important, if not, dare we say, essential coaching skills. When a when a person has an outcome, a person has a goal. Um, there are sometimes goals that are achievable, and sometimes there are goals that are not so achievable. The NLP well-formedness conditions pronounced sometimes well-formedness, form-edness. It's spelled F-O-R-M. Well, you can probably see it in the thing. Well, F-O-R-M-E-D-N-E-S-S, formedness conditions. Um, the way I learned them, there are four conditions that when you sort of take your goal and your outcome and say, well, let's, before we go any further with this, let's let's put these through these filters see how your goal, you know, comes out the other side when it goes through these filters. So they're really, really valuable in helping a person to actually achieve the goals that they set. There's a lot of different goal setting structures out there. People teach whole workshops and goal setting. It's all good stuff. Um, 
the statistics that sometimes have been cited, which are not actually factually true, but interesting anyway, which is that this, 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 this myth that they did a thing with Harvard graduates and they gave them this thing, what are your goals in 10 years? And some of them didn't do that process. And the ones that did do the process all were achieved like the banker on Wall Street sort of success and others that just uh, became uh, washed up. <laughs> whatever Harvard graduates would become. It isn't actually factually true, but it is, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a good story. And I don't think there's any doubt that if you set goals and have a well-formed structure to it, wherever is this structure, somebody else structure, um, makes it better. It makes it more achievable, that more likely that you will achieve those goals if you have a plan to do it. So the well-formedness Filters, as I like to say, that if you put them through this filter, you get on the other end something that's uh, more refined, more specific, more um, achievable. Honestly, so these are these are the four that I learned originally, and then I'm going to talk to you about some other possibilities of ways that this can also be utilized, and maybe add a, a one or two more conditions that make them potentially even better. You know, always interesting arguments to be made. So in pretty much every version of the well-formedness conditions that I've ever seen starts with this one and is, uh, you know, the four that I'm going to say here are also pretty much represented in every other variation I've ever seen. Just some people have added other filters to it as well. So number one is that your goal should be stated in the positive. I'm using the word goal interchangeably with outcome that's a whole nother discussion, but let's just say if you have a goal and you want to make it into an outcome, you put it through these filters. And, and so if you have a goal that you want to make sure that you can achieve, you ask, first of all, that it is stated in the positive, stated in the positive. Now, this isn't just some sort of new age think, right? It's like, oh, you want to be positive all the time, man. It's a cool. No, it's not that. It's, it's that you want to have a specific target to shoot for. Not like I don't want to be sad. Well, what does that mean, not sad? You know, what does it mean specifically to you? It could mean a variety of different things to a variety of different people. What does it mean to you? What is the opposite of sad? What What are you aiming for? What is your target that you want to get to? This, by the way, is something that happens repeatedly in sessions when I'm working with a client is... Um, They'll, they'll come into the office, you know, virtual or otherwise. And I'll say, well, what do you want? And they'll say, well, uh, I, I don't want to be sad anymore. I don't want to be depressed. I say, okay, fair enough. What do you want? So I just told you. You say, no, you just told me what you don't want. What What do you want? You know, so you you want to have a target to shoot for. Much more likely to hit it if you know what you're aiming for. So that's number one, that it's, a, it's, it's going to be stated in the positive. So you say, I want this. I want to achieve success. Not that I don't want to be poor. It's like I want riches. I don't want to be sad. I want to be content, happy, whatever. You know, it's a different definition for different people. You need to know what it is for this specific person, even if that person is you. The second uh, well-formedness condition is that it should be sensory specific, that it should be sensory specific. NLP talks about how we have five senses. We see, we hear, we taste, we feel, we smell. 
And your outcome should be stated in those five senses. It should be sensory specific. In other words, what will you see when you get it? What will you hear when you get it? What will you feel when you get it? How will you know you got this thing? It needs to be specific. I want to be successful. What does that mean? Successful in what way? How specifically are you successful? How will you know when you've gotten there? Okay. Um, to, for me to be successful, I will have gotten a, a really nice car. I'll have gotten a really nice house. I've gotten a really nice uh, blah, 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 right? It needs to be stated specifically, how will you know when you've achieved this outcome? Otherwise, what? People can be looking around all over the place thinking, oh, I've only ever happy. It's like, well, you know what? Maybe you were happy before you just didn't have the uh, the criteria to know what that meant, you know? So we want to know specifically what you will see, hear, feel, taste, or touch that allows you to know that this, uh, this, this outcome has been achieved. So number one, state the positive. Number two, sensory specific. Number three is that it needs to be self-initiated and maintained. In other words, it's within your power to do something about it. If I say my, my goal is to be loved by everyone, well, guess what? <laughs> You know, it's, it's sensory. It's, it's, um, it's positive, stated in the positive, right? My, I could even say, yeah, I'll know that's true. I could even make it sensory specific. I'll know it's true when everyone sends me cards and letters, you know, but will it ever happen? No, because why? I can't control that. I can't make one person love me if they don't want to, right? That's just impossible. So, Self-initiated means that it's something that's within my power to actually do. If I want to run a marathon, yeah, I can. I can set out for that outcome. I can set out for that goal. It's. It's. I can. You know, start running now. I can buy sneakers and you know, running shoes and shorts and whatever I need. Water bottle. I can run a little bit every day. A little bit more after the day after that. I can work up towards it. I could. I could do it. It's something that I can do. Um, will I win the marathon? Oh, that's something else. You know, again, I could perhaps strive for that, but you know, I have to get everybody else's agreement not to run any faster than me. <laughs> I'm pretty damn slow these days. So yeah, chances are slim I would ever win a marathon at this point in time, at least. And so it needs to be sensory specific, stated in the positive, um, and self-initiated and maintained, which means not only can I start it self-initiated, I can also maintain it. I can continue to do it, right? I can continue to do it. I can, you know, do the things necessary to lose 15 pounds. I can do the things necessary to run a marathon. I can do the things necessary to be successful in business. I can do the things that are required in order for the goal to be accomplished. So if that's true, then we're in good shape. If it's not true, then we need to get more specific with how our goal can be accomplished, what things can we do, and might want to modify things. It's a great filter to put a goal through. And the final of the four well-formedness conditions that I learned in the first place is that it is ecological. Ecology was explained to me as being the study of consequences, the study of consequences. So if I do this thing, if I run a marathon, if I, if I work out every day, what are the consequences of that? Consequences might be I, I, you know, 
I, I have a crappy social life after that because I'm on the road all the time running by myself. You know, I might, I might lose out on a relationship. I might lose out on, um, any number of things, right? There can be consequences. I could get muscle cramps. I could, I could, you know, get hit by a car on the road. And there's lots of consequences that can come out of the stuff. What, what's the ecology? Study of consequences. Questions you can ask. What will happen if you do this? What will happen? If you do this thing, what will happen if you don't do this thing? Right? Those are both questions you can ask to take a person through the process of imagining what could the consequences be? What will happen if you do? What will happen if you don't? Then there are two more questions. What won't happen in your life if you do this thing? What won't happen in your life if you don't do this thing? So you want to look at all four of these. What will if you do? What will if you don't? What won't if you do? What won't if you don't? That's generally speaking enough filters to put this through to find out what's the ecology of this thing, um, the study of the consequences. Now, those are the four that I learned originally. And if you do those four, that'll be great for you and your clients. But it's also arguable that it may not be enough. In other words, there's a there's a thing I, I learned a long time ago from my dear friend Kevin Creedon. Um, there was, you know, he called it the expertise circle. And he asked a person to take a, a circle, you could try this at home, like a pie chart, and draw a line down the center. So it's a you know, one half is is uh so a pie is cut down the middle. Um so half of this circle of your expertise is things that you learned um to do. And the other half is things that you learned to be an expert to not do. Like if I want to run a marathon, I've, I've learned that I need to do certain things. I need to learn that I should not do other things. So from the things that you've learned to do and the things that you've learned to not do, that ha- that's the definition of an expert. An expert is somebody who really knows exactly what to do and also what not to do to achieve the outcome. In that level of circle of expertise, then Kevin would ask the question, how much of this of learning what to do, did you learn from making mistakes? And very often people would fill that up to like, you know, 95% of that one half of the circle is I learned from making mistakes. I learned how to do this stuff by seeing how important it was when I didn't, you know, I learned from mistakes. And what about the things to not do in the second half of the circle? How much of those things did you learn from making mistakes? And again, people would draw like, you know, a, the most biggest part of that second half would be filled in, you know, with lines indicating yet yeah, this, I've learned this from making mistakes. So it turns out that most people who are experts in anything, 90, 95% of what they learned to become an expert, they learned from making mistakes. I think that's kind of, kind of interesting. One of the other sort of um, conditions of what a person became in the course of being an expert is how to do and accomplish what you set out to accomplish if you if there are challenges, right? So if there are challenges along the way, how do you adjust? How do you get a great batch of brownies created if your oven isn't working? You know, how, how do you create a, a great batch of brownies if you if you can't get the cocoa you like to use? You know, if you're an expert you you have backup plans. You have other ways of getting this outcome. There are people that will say 
to you that in order to do a well-formedness condition for NLP and to create a well-formed outcome, that you need to have more than one strategy to get the outcome, more than one way to get the outcome. Okay, you know, you can do that. That's fine. You can add that one into if you want to. It's also people want to make sure that you, you know how to start, that the first step is clear, defined, and achievable. That's okay. What's the first step you need to take to run a marathon? Well, I need to um, buy sneakers. So great. Can you do that? Yeah. Do you know where to do it? Yeah. You going to do it? Yeah. Okay. Let me know when it's done. Okay. So you can achieve that first step, you know, whatever that might be. It's, you know what it is. And then, you know, for me, it's like, yeah, well, you can go further than that. It's like, what's the second step? You could, you could lay out a whole, you know, trail of a thousand steps to say what specifically will you need to do to get from here to there. You could do that. I don't think you necessarily need to do all that for well-formedness conditions, but some people will say that you should. I don't know. Um, and I saw one place where it said, does it increase choice as if that is a well-formedness condition of outcomes? I don't, I don't see that one, frankly, as being uh, necessary to go through. Does it increase choice? In what way? I mean, who's, for what? What do you mean by increased choice? It doesn't even compute to me. If it computes for you, if it makes sense to you, then sure, put it in there. Now, there's another thing about well-formedness that I think is kind of important that isn't in the four that I learned, and that is that it needs to be possible and achievable. So self-initiated and maintained, yeah, that's, that's, that's accurate. But sometimes I've had people come into my office who, who say, yeah, like the idea of I want everybody to love me. I can't make other people love me. I can't, I can't make other people do stuff. But is it possible for me even to achieve this? I had a guy come into, this is a true story, came into my office. I probably shouldn't have to say it's a true story. Trust me. Um, nevertheless, it is a true story. The guy came to my office and said he wanted to make a million dollars. He'd gone to this Tony Robbins workshop and Tony like, yeah, everything is possible. You know, get in the great state, take massive action. You can do it. Um, great philosophy to have. It's missing a few of the specifics of how to actually do that. I said, oh, great. So you want to get in state and make a great, uh, uh, take massive action and make a million dollars. Cool. Um, how much are you earning currently? And he said, about 50000 a year. I said, okay, well, that's a pretty big jump from uh, 50000 to a million. Um, what is, what's, your, uh, what's your strategy here? What's your, what's your job? What, how can you go from... 50,000 a million. He said, well, um, I'm a waiter and I know people that work in these uh, really high end uh, restaurants and they get really big tips because, you know, the bills are average person spending like a thousand dollars for a meal um, for two and, you know, drinking wine, bottles of wine that could be $500 a piece. And so they get, you know, really big tips and they, and they make lots and lots of money. I said, wow, great. So that sounds good get a job there. That sounds perfect. And I said, yeah, but I can't. And, and, I, said, and I said, well, how, by, how much, by the way, do those waiters actually make? Are they, are they millionaires? Are they millionaire waiters? He said, well, no, but they make a lot of money. And, and it's all in, in cash. So it's not reported. So, okay. So <laughs> well, suffice it to say, he wasn't going to get there. He did not have a, a, a real plan for making this happen. So, so not that it's not a good goal to have, it's good to have goals that are like 
compelling and like, wow, I really want to get there next year or whatever, have a, you know, a five-year plan to make it happen. You know, that's, that's awesome to do that. Really, honestly, it's a great thing to have. Um, it just, you know, his goal was, I want to make a million dollars like tomorrow, this year, this, whatever. And that wasn't achievable for him at that point in time. So what we did is we just, we went through these other filters, you know, what's possible for you. So for me, I put into my well-formedness conditions, is it achievable? Is it possible for you? You know, in the time frame that you've set about. Now, that is another thing, by the way, um, time frames. There's nothing about time frame in the well-formedness conditions. There doesn't need to be. This is not saying it's, it's not a goal setting strategy, right? It's not a goal setting strategy. It's well formed in its conditions. Make sure that you go through these four conditions. And doesn't mean you can't add them in, add in a, a, a time frame into what you're talking about as well. So like, when do you want to make that million dollars was an important question in my, my, uh, my client's uh, outcome achieving. Because, you know, to do it tomorrow, yeah, that's not possible. I mean, win the lottery is pretty much the only way you could do it for the average human being. Um, and it's not a good retirement plan, you know, winning the lottery. It's not a good retirement plan. You, you But you can you can say, oh, well, next year or you know, five years, you can certainly set goals like that and make them achievable over time. You can have a defined time frame like that, that which works things out in a much better way. So I would, I would argue that maybe having some awareness of the time frame that it doesn't have to be like, I need this by next Tuesday at five o'clock. Deadlines are powerful. Don't get me wrong. It's really good. I think in different goal setting things, it's like, you must always have a time frame. It must have it. I'll achieve this by, you know, the third Thursday of April or whatever, you know, it's, it's good to have that in some Times, I agree. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that for well-formedness conditions. To, to really, I think, to, to, to get a sense of when you do this, I think it can be very useful to have a time frame involved. Not necessarily a specific time, third Thursday of April, but, you know, a time frame like, you know, within a year, um, within six months. Uh, you know, this is really a very, very good thing to have. So these are well-formedness conditions. Like I said, it's not a strategy for goal achievement, but if you don't have these, if if your goals are not stated in the positive, your goals are not self-initiated and maintained, if you did not put your sets of goals through these well-formedness conditions, then you're doing a big disservice to yourself and to your clients by doing this. Well-formedness conditions of NLP are vital, I believe, if not, as I said before, essential coaching skill to have. So that pretty much concludes my 100th episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. And as I said, next week, if all goes according to plan, we will start uh, with our 101st episode. Uh, We'll try to fix that in post-production as well. 101st episode will be uh, uh, live and in color, as well as, of course, on audio, if that's your preferred way of speaking, of listening to it. Because, you know, I know, I think most people listen to this while driving or exercising or doing their laundry or whatever else, um, to sit and just watch a couple people talk. Uh, 
I, if you are interested in that, then you're coming to the right place starting next week. We're going to be doing that for you. So um, I, I will see you, or at least you'll see me pretending to see you um, when you come back next week. Thanks for tuning in. See you then. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me. If you want any more information about today's show, please visit our website at www.essentialcoachingskills.com. Be sure to tune in again next week for our next episode and discover even more about the systems and the secrets that set the best apart.